Hurry into Old Navy Saturday for 50% off all swimwear, $2 tanks for her, and free flip-flops when you spend $50 or more in-store. This Saturday only at Old Navy, valid 323. Limit five tanks. Select tanks and flip-flops only. Free gift in-stores only. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Who Ya Got. My name is Dayton Haman. Who Ya Got is a show about creating brackets for things that don't normally have brackets. What is a bracket exactly, you may be asking? Well, a bracket or tournament bracket is a tree diagram representing a series of games played in a knockout tournament. Each episode, we create a bracket for a specific topic and determine the best of that topic through a series of debate matchups. Today, Helping me fight our way through today's tournament is the man himself, Graham Zima. How are you doing, Graham? I'm back, returning for another episode. I just couldn't get enough of it. Oh, know? yeah. I no. have to, to con- constantly debate tournament matchups. <laughs> I have an addiction at this point. Well, that's good to hear. I hope you're bringing that energy again. Uh, I'm glad you're here to help us kick off this sort of reboot of our little format here. We're going to do things a little bit differently. Uh, it's only Graham and I here today, and I will be bringing on some guest hosts uh, from here on out for each of our episodes. Just a mano a mano debate for these tournament brackets. So, Graham, you remember how this works? There's a couple of rules we got to follow. Yes, definitely. Refresh my memory. Of course. So, there are 10 minutes, or less, allotted to each matchup, and at the end of 10 minutes, we'll decide a winner based on the arguments, not on our own preferences. So, even if we're still holding fast to some of our own ideas and some of our own likings and things like that, we'll still have to give way, one or one way or another. We'll have to give some points to some strong arguments and... Just admit defeat, you know? I just don't know if I'm capable of doing that. <laughs> You're going to have to give up at some point. I was going to say, especially once we get into cherished uh, Disney songs from the back in the day. Oh, man. Yep, that's our topic for this month's episode, Disney songs. We'll be debating eight classic cinematic tunes to determine the happiest jam on earth. The happiest jam on earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, heard it here first, folks. Yep. So, let's take a look at the bracket matchups. In the first seed, we have When You Wish Upon a Star from Pinocchio. Fantastic. And that will be going up against the number eight seed Let It Go from Frozen. A classic against a modern classic, if you will. In the next matchup, we have the number four seed Beauty and the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. against Going up against the number five seed Can You Feel the Love Tonight from The Lion King. The next matchup, we have... The number two seed, Part of Your World, from The Little Mermaid, against the number seven seed, Go the Distance, from Hercules. And in the final matchup of our tournament, we have number three, the A Whole New World, from Aladdin, and the number six seed, Reflection, from Mulan. Fantastic. This will be interesting for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's some interesting matchups here because there's some very different songs here. A lot of them have that sort of dramatic Disney energy to them, and some of them are a little bit more fun. I think we've encapsulated everything that Disney is here in these eight songs. Although you did say, I remember when this was being planned, you did have uh, some hesitations because there were no no Tarzan songs featured. Yes. (laughs) I am a Phil Collins fanatic. I love that soundtrack. I listen to it all the time outside of the context of the movie <laughs> it's it's brilliant it's the drummer in me loving the drummer singer from genesis so that's awesome yeah no uh there's definitely some other ones i want to mention once we wrap up this tournament bracket uh some other uh, songs that i feel like maybe should have gotten a spot but we'll see we'll get there 
But uh, for now, just remember that these seedings are completely random. The numbers mean absolutely nothing. Those are just for kicks. So don't get too butthurt that uh, when you wish upon a Star was number one or people, something like people that. People will definitely complain no matter <laughs> what. We could say it a hundred times. We're still going to get a few comments. <laughs> oh, you know it. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. So, Graham, do you think we should get into our first matchup? I'm ready. Born ready for this. All right. Let's get 10 minutes on the clock. Yes. This is When You Wish Upon a Star from Pinocchio going up against Let It Go from Frozen. Yes. All right. And the timer is running. It is actually not. One second. I'm, I'm really <laughs> bad at my job. Okay. 10 seconds starting. All right. Now we're good. Awesome. So, When You Wish Upon a Star, let's, let's get this main point out of the way. It's... The face of Disney? Yeah. It's, it's played every time that they Disney plays, introduction. But, yeah, Disney introduction. If you go to Disney World or any one of the Disney uh, uh, parks, it's, you know, they do the um, Magic Kingdom oh, yes. uh, night show, and that's like one of the first songs that plays. Right. And you can hear it in so many different ways, um, which is really funny because, like, to me, um, it's a good song. It's a beautiful song, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It, it never had the same impact that a lot of these other ones did. Right. And I think it's interesting to talk about this song with our age group. You and I were both in our early 20s. Uh, Wish Upon, when You Wish Upon a Star came out in some of Disney's earliest days. Pinocchio was maybe maybe like third or fourth film from Yeah, what was that? Disney? What year would that be then? Like the 40s? Yeah, fairly early. And... I know it was one of the ones that almost put Disney under because it didn't do so well in the box office. But this song really resonated with people. It became the face of Disney. And like you said, it's used in the beginning of movies and at the theme parks and things like that. So I don't think that can be overlooked. Pinocchio came out in 1940. 1940? Yeah. Man, that movie is like almost 80 years old i know isn't that that's so strange to think about yeah very very bizarre but the song really does capture a lot of that old classic disney magic it has that very fuzzy warm wistful uh, sort of instrumentation has that very fairy tale quality to it even though pinocchio i mean i guess was pinocchio based after an existing story yeah Yeah. um it's based off an italian writer it's from 1883 And the writer's name, oh, God, I don't know if I could pronounce it. It's, um... (laughs) Give it a shot, Graham. Carlo Collodi? I probably totally mispronounced that, but... You could have made that up, and I still would have believed you. I was going to (laughs) say, I gave it my best uh, best wing, but, uh, yeah, yeah, no, um... Pinocchio is a a pretty solid movie, though. Yeah, Like, I don't think it's one of my favorites, but definitely as a person who just appreciates classic animation it's oh, a yeah. very very interesting piece to look at yeah i was listening to a let's play from uh, daniel floyd a former host of uh, extra credits and he's an animator and a real real buff on this sort of thing he was just talking about watching the scene with monstro the whale and them breaching out of there and all the water animation is just stunning it really is and i i think this song is equally stunning I think it has that element of it, it. It really captures you. There's like this really like runny part towards the beginning with lots of instruments sort of descending, and that really that really grips you. It does. And then Cliff Cliff Edwards, the guy who voices uh, or at least sang the part for Jiminy Cricket um, and this song, 
he's got a really timeless voice. It's something that's neither old nor young, sort of has this uh, Jim Cummings, the voice of Winnie the Pooh, and a lot of other voiced characters, a lot of other animated characters. It's sort of got that quality to it, something very sweet and charming. And uh, he uses a falsetto that I find very tasteful. Yeah. Like, it's could have been overused it could have been super obnoxious but it feels really integral to the character it feels like the character is actually expressing himself as opposed to some american idol singer coming on and singing this song and doing something obnoxious and showy you know yeah i also want to say just be you know i we're, we're really focusing on when you wish upon a star but if we could already talk about uh let it go uh it's written by uh the whole mu- the the whole soundtrack was written by Robert Lopez, he's an American songwriter. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest, I know this was like a huge uh, film when it came out back in 2013, mm-hmm. and it was like this, I mean, I haven't seen a, a, a Disney film raved about so much in, in like probably since Toy Story right. 3 at that point. Yeah. I mean, people were just going on and on about how amazing it was, how amazing the music was. Mm-hmm. I, I can't speak for the film because I actually haven't seen the movie. It's okay. The music does not do it for me in the same way. What? Oh my gosh. See, okay. So I, I, I think I'm sort of on the same page as everybody else where like Frozen is a fine movie. I think the voice acting is very good. I think Kristen Bell and uh, Idina Menzel do a fantastic job as the two leads, uh, Anna and Elsa. And say what you will about your little cousins or nieces or whatever, Crank and Let It Go as much as they want. This is a good freaking song. I oh, love it. Man, I don't know. I just can't do it. I, and, and, and look, look, this kind of happens every time we have uh, a big sensation going around mm-hmm. the entire world. And it's, you know, stuff like this is constantly being talked about. It's constantly being aired on, you know, the radio. You're seeing it pop up on YouTube yeah. all the time. It's one of those things where it comes down to just being fatigued by it. And sure. you're sort of like, man, I, I really can't. I can't hear this song in another Vine, in another YouTube video. Like, it just, it gets a little overwhelming. Sure. So I think part of that is me just being frustrated with the overplay of the song. But, I don't know, I just, it didn't, like, I hold Disney music in such high regards. Yeah. Because there are so many iconic songs from Mm -hmm. the older Disney films to the more modern uh, Disney installments. So, when when I you know, I I expect just the the best of the best right. when because like I said it's proven time and time and again they create the best possible music and I just yeah. this one did not do it for me in the same way I'm I'm disappointed too because I wanted to like it more than I did and I I'll, I'll admit like like objectively it's good music it's objectively mm-hmm. um it fits um you, you know it, it sort of hits very very popular beats that that sure. work and register with the audience and, and yeah. it definitely flows very nicely um also in comparison to the rest of the disney music we've gotten throughout the years but i don't know i just i don't, maybe i need to see the movie and maybe when it goes in within the context of the movie it'll have more impact but on its own i never have the same uh care for it that a lot of other people did i think that's a key point here and i think that's a key strength that let it go has over when you wish upon a star which when you wish upon a star is just sort of a song about dream and you'll get it which is a mentality i can't stand because it doesn't speak to your own efforts and your own attempts to grow right let it go absolutely does i think it does beautifully by the way in addition to the song just really swelling and building nicely idina menzel's song uh voice grows very well 
throughout the song. Is it a Dina or a Dinah? I cannot remember for the it's, life it's of It's actually me. Adele Dazeem. Adele Dazeem. Well, yeah, <laughs> too. I always have a problem with that. That's the one that I've heard so many different pronunciations of at this point. I'm just like, I'm literally going to take, if I ever, in the off chance, get to meet her, I'm going to just wing it and see what happens. I'll just call her Miss Wenzel. I was going to say, that is the, probably the best route to take. And then she'll be like, oh, please, call me. And then we'll Adele figure Dazeem, it out from please. there. Please call me Adele Dazeem. Uh, but I think her voice is really expressive throughout this entire song. She hits that really high, rich, just powerful note at the end. And you can feel her confidence growing throughout the entire song. There's a moment where uh, Elsa takes off her glove, and that's what was holding back her ice magic. And it's really representative of her taking advantage and embracing her own unique gift. Yeah, And I think that's something that resonated with a lot of our little cousins and nieces. And that's why they liked it so much. They're just like, yeah, this this girl has what she was told was a flaw. Yeah. But it's actually an enormous strength. And she immediately starts using it. She immediately creates Ice Castles. She creates Olaf, which is another uh, beloved character. Excuse me, spoilers, Dayton. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's been out for five years. I think I should have seen it at this you point. Sh- you should go. You should just give it a chance. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it if not for the humor for a lot of big songs like Let It Go. And that's where I think Let It Go is inching ahead a little bit for me, is just that it demonstrates character growth. It represents a pivotal change in the story. And what's really cool is when when the song was written, it's based on Hans Christian Andersen's story, uh, The Snow Queen. And originally Snow Queen, and in Hans Christian Andersen's uh, story, The Snow Queen's the villain. And then they wrote this song for Elsa, still thinking she was the villain. And they wrote this song. They're like, no, wait, this is this shows that she's a good character. She's she's got something to her and means well. So they changed the entire story around this. song. Right. That's how much it affected even the very writers of this song. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, When You Wish Upon a Star, unfortunately. But once again, this is your show. So you're going to get to you get the mm. final uh, final say on this. But. The reason I would say when you wish upon a star, I'm going to try to win you over in the last 40 seconds or okay. so. I just think that, yes, contextually, I think Let you let It Go is probably more efficient and probably speaks more to the actual story and the arc of the film. But I think that when you wish upon a star on its own is is a very inspiring um, and is, and is a very inspiring piece, and it's also like the most iconic Disney song, arguably of all time. Like I think when when they they put it in so many different mediums and so many different pieces of their content, I just think that it holds so much weight in popular culture that it'd be hard to sort of take it out of the first round, especially sure. against a you know like I said, nothing against Let It Go. I think that also it's had a huge cultural significance, and it's been especially in the modern time. I think overall, I think uh, When You Wish Upon a Star has carried so much weight, and we are past our time there okay. by five seconds. But I will try to convince you with two things. All right, all right. <laughs> Thing number one: one of the first lines in the song is "A Kingdom of Ice Elation." Oh, that is a quality pun. It's oh, a quality damn. pun. <laughs> All right, now you're starting to win me over. <laughs> and the second point is dead serious. During storyboard, uh, storyboarding for Frozen, this song wasn't named yet. It was just called temporarily Elsa's Badass Song. That's pretty cool. I love that. That That's... might win me over, though. <laughs> Shit. Well, like I said, it's your show, so I you know, obviously you're going to have the final say, but I, I, am, I am willing to let, let it go in because... 
When You Wish Upon a Star, as much as I vouch for how iconic it is, it is not one of my favorite Disney songs. In fact, I probably wouldn't even put it in my top 15, top 20 when we're looking at the big picture. So I'm not going to lose sleep over the fact that it didn't make it out of the first round. I'm just saying, in terms of like, when you think Disney, one of the first things I think of is When You Wish Upon a Star. And, you know, that that classic Disney entrance to the movies, Mm -hmm. um, which is always just so cool to see every single time. Um, But... uh, well, All right, Dayton. This is your moment. You gotta, you gotta pass one on to the next round. I know. I, I don't want to go far too much farther past our ten minute limit here. But for me, I think I want Let It Go to go further, just right. because if you invite your friends and family over for Disney karaoke, no one's gonna sing When You Wish Upon a Star. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's fair. Nobody's gonna sing it. That is true. Nobody's gonna Unless get up there like, and just get excited about When You maybe, Wish Upon a maybe Star. Maybe your grandma would. Maybe your grandma would. Is sort of yeah, this heartfelt ballad. Yeah. That because is, they want to be unique and <laughs> as sweet of an image as that is, <laughs> I'm gonna I, I, I'm gonna fight against a tradition and uh, iconic sound things like that. I'm gonna knock when you wish upon a star out of no! here. <laughs> Let it go is going on to the next round. All right, Elsa's badass song going on to the next round. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at our next matchup. We have the number four seed Beauty and the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. Against the number five seed, can you feel the love tonight from the Lion King? Want to get ten minutes on the clock? Ten minutes on the clock. We're good. We're starting it. Awesome. All right. Well, I have to first of all say, I have to take my personal biases out of this movie because I personally think Beauty and the Beast is my favorite Disney film of all time. That, I'm sure. Yeah, that's So I have to, once again, and I love the Lion King, but... Everyone seems to put that as their favorite Disney movie, right. and it's probably, it's definitely top three for me, but uh, Beauty and the Beast always gave the edge over, just because I thought that, like, man, I don't know, I, I really love the message that it sent about, like, you can see the good and ugliness and yeah. stuff like that, and I, I don't know, I thought it was always a more impactful movie, I thought that uh, the villain of Gaston was was really well done, I think that, I just, I don't know, I think the visuals were a little more intriguing in sure. some moments, and, and a lot of the the musical numbers. So I'm, I'm already going though with, uh, I'm going with beauty and the beast on this one. I think, um, it's contextually more significant. If we want to get right. into the whole, how it feeds into the movie yeah. again, I think it is more impactful. Not that can you feel, I think can you feel the love tonight. And it's been years since I've seen a lion King. So right. forgive me if I totally butcher the context. Oh no, it's all good. Um, I think can you feel the love tonight was a really, uh, good song and it when it works well within the movie and you know i i think it's great but i don't know i think beauty and the beast just that moment and how that song connects the two love interests and sure. they really start to to find um a passion for one another in that moment i mean yeah. they kind of built up till that point like they sort of yeah, um, had feelings for each and... other and um, oh, I'm, I'm talking about uh, Beauty and the Beast. Oh, Beauty and the Beast. Sorry. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Beauty and the Beast, I think that's the moment where they really, they know it's more than just like these feelings. It, that's it, it's, true. It's a true yep. love moment. Um, now I'm on board. <laughs> despite all of the, the sort of opposition they had in the beginning, I don't know. I always think it's just a, it's such a beautiful piece every oh, yeah. time every time it comes on. So, um, yeah. You know I'm jamming out to it, Dayton, every day. Oh, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, working out to that song, pumping some iron. Yes. To as some Angela Lansbury. <laughs> So I, I think I think you and I are on the same page on this one. I really like Beauty and the Beast as well. I think it's a beautiful illustration of the story and characters. I think, like you were saying before, there's something that Beauty and the Beast has that I don't think Lion King quite has. Lion King was maybe one of those first steps that Disney took to try something a little bit 
different, not as human centric, not as fairy tale centric, things like that. I feel like Beauty and the Beast captures it all, frankly. There's Belle is such a strong female character that sort of led the way to all these other strong female characters that we saw after, like Ariel from The Little Mermaid, Elsa from Frozen, things like that. I think she they does all... not take any shit no. whatsoever. Like yeah. there's not even I mean, there's very brief moments where she you, you see some initial fear in her eyes, but mm-hmm. every time she encounters a much more um, intimidating figure like the Beast or like Estelle, I mean, like there's just no there's no fear in her eyes. Yeah, she's and you, not and you get in that sense real that 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 sense of confidence really translates the entire run of the movie to Absolutely. the audience. Yeah, she doesn't give any ground, and I think the Beast is a great representation of some like flawed male characters, which we really hadn't seen a lot of in Disney up until that point, that point, at least not to that degree. You know, we had Prince Charming and Prince whoever, who are just sort of like the good guys who fought the dragon or fought the witch and they won. That was really it. But here we really got to see Beast grapple with himself and grow as a person because of this other person that was in his life. So, for me, I think Beauty and the Beast captures everything I love about Disney, uh, past and present. Yeah. So I and future, for as far as we can tell, I think Beauty and the Beast is going to keep influencing Disney movies from here on out. And this song captures the, a lot of the magic of that movie. It, it gives a sense that it's an old, well-known story. There's unexpected character changes and relationships, and it starts small and they face obstacles and things like that. But just like the song, they grow and just enchant everybody in the room it's fantastic now i think we would do if we were ever to do a head-to-head between the actual soundtracks i think i'd give it to lion king overall Overall, i think they have it has better music throughout the entire film um i think that songs like i just can't wait to be king obviously Uh, i mean hakuna matata um circle of life like all those those songs all together i think beats beauty and the beast soundtrack sure not by much though i mean because beauty and the beast has some really excellent music um the mob song and and you know the uh what's the hell the name of bell's big song she sings in the, the field. small provincial town one i think it was yeah. just called bell <laughs> yeah it might be just called bell yeah um, but like her own stuff like but i just think that the lion king has has a more solid soundtrack overall but i think these two songs with, with how i think the criteria we're, we're we're really going off of in this case is how it fits I mean, we're, we're, we're judging the composition of the piece, but right. I think we're definitely using a very significant criteria, which is how it works within the actual movie itself. Yeah. And I think Beauty and the Beast, um, as a song, fits way more into the movie than... Uh, uh, Can you oh feel love tonight? Feel tonight? Just totally yeah. <laughs> I think Lion King is a bit more ambitious in its instrumentation. I think Beauty and the Beast, when you hear the songs from it, you get what you expect. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm yeah. expecting string orchestration and some lovely singing from an old lady yeah Yeah, exactly so when you hear stuff from lion king you're definitely hearing something different and a lot of it does work i think like you mentioned circle of life just can't wait to be king i feel like a lot of those songs hit the right notes and pun intended and (laughs) this uh, can you feel the love tonight i think does a lot of things right but Maybe not everything. I think it has a lot of emotional facets going on. It's really cool because we get different verses from uh, Simba and Nala, and they're from closed perspectives. They're talking about what their own thoughts are, and they don't know what the other's thinking. Right. And that's kind of cool. I think that's 
something you don't often see, uh, at least in Disney films. Usually they're the characters engaging with each other very well. Uh, in this case, we have at least two separate characters. And then we have Timon and Pumbaa breaking in once in a while, too, with their own hilarious little banter. I love Nathan Lane, and his performance here is fantastic. I think he does a great job of expressing that sort of frustration of like a friend finding somebody, and they're like, no, our gang, it's going away, you know. I think it, it, it's a lot of fun. So there, I think those are a lot of the things that it does right. It's very intense, sort of sub represents this coming of age and connecting with another person while trying to grapple with your own past. As far as the negatives go, I feel like it's a really generic title. I don't know. I just feel like Can You Feel the Love Tonight doesn't represent Lion King for me, those words, and doesn't necessarily represent Nala and Simba's relationship. And... It, it's it's weird to watch the sequence too. They are some horny lions. They're oh creeping God. me out. They got some <laughs> bedroom eyes, and I'm like, nope, I'm out. So makes Dayton a little uncomfortable. <laughs> but it's it's a fun song, and I see what they're trying to go for. But they're trying to go for a lot. When's the last time you seen The Lion King? A couple years ago. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, it's been so long. I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, as a kid, I'd never read the sexual undertones <laughs> of that scene. I was like, oh, this is just kind of a sweet song. But then, uh, obviously, yeah, I'm sure if I watched it now, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. I'm just as uncomfortable as Dayton is. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. But, so I think it's it, it, does, it does try to do a lot, including sliding in some sexual undercurrents. <laughs> but And it doesn't exactly do everything right. Beauty and the Beast, otherwise... Uh, does one thing, and that captures the moment that those characters are sharing in the ballroom there, dancing, and captures it beautifully, I think. I think Angela Lansbury's performance here as Mrs. Potts singing it is one of the best in the entire Disney pantheon. Apparently, she was really hesitant about singing it at first, and then did it in one take. Because she's a badass. That's super cool. I did not know that was in one take. Right? That adds so much more significance to that song now. Right. It's it's a lot of it it's it's amazing to think about. Just the fact that it, it almost represents the character growth of Belle and the Beast. I'm sure at first, but then once you do it, once you get there, once you connect with a person, once you connect with a song, boom, there it is. So yeah. cool. I love it. And as far as negatives of Beauty and the Beast, do you have any gripes with that song, really? Man, I don't know. I'd have to really dig into that song more, I'm sh- and I'm sure I could find something if I really wanted to look right. for it, but I think it's, it's without question one of the strongest, if not the strongest songs in the entire Beauty and the Beast movie. Right, yeah. Um, I think that it... Uh, yeah, it, it, when I think of Beauty and the Beast in terms of all the musical numbers, I think obviously that one mm-hmm. takes the cake. Yeah. Um, For that, the, the only one from the movie that really competes with me is Be Our Guest. Uh, yeah. Just because I love Lumiere. I love Gaston, to be perfectly oh, honest. Yeah, I think that song is, is so much fun. So I think th- those three would be the strongest for me. Nice. Um, but yeah, no, Be Our Guest. Have you seen, just because we got about. 30 seconds here. Have you seen the uh, remake? Yeah, it was incredibly dull. I fell asleep. I don't know why. <laughs> Literally, I feel the exact same way. I didn't fall asleep, but I was just like, I don't hate this, but this is completely and utterly pointless, so I feel exactly. like it's kind of a waste of my time. Yeah, it just felt like they were painting over what they did before. They're like, oh, now we can make live action Beast, and so we're just going to put that on there, and this is the new Beauty and the Beast. And then that, that, did you ever see the original song? 
that they put into the oh the, the one that beast sings up yeah, in the tower it's terrible. I think yeah it's, it's so so over dramatic <laughs> oh we're five seconds over again. yeah so i i don't know man i think we i think we're sticking to our i think i think beauty, I think and, the beauty beast, and the beast is the best one yep. to uh to move on in this case yep Horny lions was was always going to be this song's downfall. Horny lions versus <laughs> a horny beast and a horny woman. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Matchup of the century, right there. Depends what you're into, I guess. <laughs> All right, so Beauty and the Beast will be going on to the next round. After we go through some other quarterfinal matchups, Beauty and the Beast will be going up against Let It Go. Oh man, that'll be interesting. That'll stuff. be really interesting. But before we get to those, we have some other matchups to take care of. So. We have the number two seed, Part of Your World, from The Little Mermaid, going up against the number seven seed, Go the Distance, from Hercules. Graham, any thoughts on this matchup after we get the ten minute? Uh, <laughs> there we go. Ten minutes is on. Um, man, I am such a fan of Go the Distance. Goodness nice. gracious, he's going to break the damn <laughs> Um, I am such a fan of Hercules. I think it's one of the most underrated Disney films. Um, I think it's so much fun. I think uh, as much as I don't like James Woods as a human being, I really love his oh, rendition man. of uh, Hades. I think he's super great in that role. Yep. Um, yeah, I really enjoy Hercules. It was definitely one of my favorites growing up. Nice. And I think this song is so inspirational. You want to go back to that whole, like, you know, going through the trenches and, and really finding the inner strength yeah. to persevere no matter what. I think this song encompasses that perfectly. I think it's 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 one it's it is one of those songs I would actually work out to. I have yeah. ran, I have uh 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 ran to this song before. It it, it definitely is one of my favorites. Um I'm trying to think of, of anything else to say. There is a really funny Michael Bolton uh, cover of this song. I know I it's so it. 90s when you watch that music <laughs> video too. Um, yeah. I don't remember, but did Michael Bolton have really long hair in that music video? Oh, of course. Yeah, I think so. I hope yeah, so. <laughs> it's great. Uh, if anyone has the time, check out the Michael Bolton cover of "Go the Distance." It's great. Yeah, it plays um, during the credits of Hercules, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay. It's, yeah, yeah it's did. just real bloopy synths. And just, it feels like an Olympic theme. Yeah, no, it literally does. Like, if, <laughs> if they played it before the whatever year Olympics back in the 90s, I think that, uh, I think it would have worked pretty well. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I just love Michael Bolton's voice. He's just, and I just love him as a, as a specimen of a human <laughs> being. He's a very intriguing individual. He definitely um, is. But uh, to go back to what we we're talking about, the, the song, I think, is very, it, it, it works perfectly within the movie. It's, it's that moment where, Hercules has to make a choice of who he wants to be in this world. Um, really walk towards his yeah. destiny, literally. Yeah. Um, and I think it's one of the most powerful Disney songs that has that has ever come out. And I just don't think enough people talk about it. I think it gets kind of lost on the wayside because um, there are. I mean, there's so many to choose from. And as right. and, and making making even this bracket was so difficult. It's like, man, I could have included so many more. I could do part two, part. You could do part two, part yeah. three, part five. You know, all that stuff um of this of these matchups but um i think this one for sure has always made it to the top of my list yeah but part of your world is also on my top 10 yeah um the little mermaid was another movie that just i loved i mean i you didn't find too many disney movies growing up that i didn't like but right uh, <laughs> yeah we were living your, in a good era the disney renaissance as it's called yeah it's so. uh part of your world was was great yeah um it's once again, it's super like inspirational. It's about you know, 
you're in this current you're in this current situation and everyone's telling you that it's a good situation and there's nothing else out there for you and and yet you want more yes and and when she sings i don't remember the exact lines but when she when she talks about that exact feeling Mm -hmm. i mean i remember being even as a kid you know, being caught up in those lyrics and, yeah, and really the emotion feeling the of that moment. Yeah. yeah and um, when she's on the rock and the waves sort yes. of go right behind. I mean, that's one of the most iconic shots yeah. in Disney history. So, God, this is a really difficult one. Now I want to hear yeah. you go on your your tirade of this. <laughs> yeah, this this one is really tough for me, too, because I love both of these songs. I love both of these movies. Uh, I think personally that Hercules resonates with me a little bit more uh, just because I feel like there's a little bit more complex things going on throughout the entire movie. But part of your world is absolutely beautiful. I think it's so well done. It's a song about truth-seeking. It uh, recognizes the challenges of finding where you belong, finding truth. Same thing could be said about Go the Distance, too, but it's 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 about finding true meaning in life, you know, belonging and discovery. And uh, it's What I love most, I think, about this song is that it doesn't shy away from the character's voice. The fa- not literally her singing voice, but her how she speaks. Right. The you know she says she uses words like thing about bobs, gadgets, gizmos, uh, neat, no big deal, dance and stuff like that. She the vo- very vocabulary that she chooses is very innate to the character, and I think that's what makes it really special. Is it feels like such a personal song and not necessarily like a performance. And I think that's where the song. Edges a little bit for me over Go the Distance. Uh, I think it's gorgeous musically. Uh, aside from Jody Benson's voice, the instrumentation is, I think, some of Alan Menken's best. Uh, the fact I love that little those little builds, uh, the up where we, up where they walk, up where they run, and that moment she says, uh, "When's it my turn? Wouldn't I love stay up all day in the sun?" That's uh, those build those builds just get me every time. And it gets more and more intense. It's it's this character grappling with this feeling of wanting something more. I, I think that's really cool. I I don't think Go the Distance captures it quite as well. I think it, it feels a little bit more like a performance. Hercules is is going out and on a cliff and it's very dramatic and it is looking very into the dramatic. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah, that that time was too. <laughs> the '90s was so dramatic, at least when it came to their movie, movie musicals. But that song's very good too. I, I I think it's what I really love about this song, uh, "Go the Distance," is that it does capture Hercules' conflicted attitude at that moment. It's not that he feels like he's better than the town he's in he literally feels like he would be better off somewhere else he would be more helpful in some other environment and there's moments where he doesn't he says if i can be strong he doesn't say i will be strong and do this he he says i can go the distance if i can be strong so there's still like this conflict there so yeah he sort of lays out what would be necessary in order to him for for him to be successful but he's even a little uncertain of whether or not he's able to do it so i think i think that adds a really interesting uh dimension to the song yeah um, that could go unnoticed. I think. I think right. you could easily just interpret it as this sort of heroic, like I am going to be the best, right? Um, and and I'm going to succeed in all these different possible ways. But yeah, you're right. Like there is this that sort of just like questioning of his own character and like what he's really made of. So right, because up to this point, he really hasn't seen any success. I mean, yeah. his his parents love him, but 
that, that's all he knows, really. He every time he tries to help somebody out, he destroys something, and he's yeah. he's realizing that his strengths are better used somewhere else. It's an interesting like look at the protagonist's role in a story because usually when when you like break down a story to its simple core, in most cases, you have the protagonist. They know what they want. They know how to get there, and they believe in their ability to get there. Where this mm-hmm. sort of takes that believability out of the whole equation. Yeah. It's like I know what I have to do. I know what my goal is. But if I, like you said, if I can be strong, am I able to do this? Because so far I've been unsuccessful in, in being an assistance to, to people. Right. Um, will I be able to accomplish it? So I think, yeah, that's a really neat way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, throws, it throws a little bit of a wrench into the classic hero's journey, I think. And it's uh, both of these songs, what's cool about the fact that they're matched up so early is that they both represent that classic musical structure of the I want song they like you said they know exactly what they want and they're going to sing about it and they're going to go for it but they're going to run into obstacles along the way and I think maybe what uh, an edge that go the distance has over part of your world is that Hercules is recognizing some of the challenges because that's almost all that he's faced in his life is, is, is challenges up to this point and not this feeling of not belonging and things whereas Ariel you could debate that she might just be ungrateful and discontented uh, for no real good reason other than she's interested in something was, beyond herself. That's one thing I have a problem with with The Little Mermaid. As much as I like the movie, it always did feel like Ariel was purely doing everything out of curiosity. And like I feel like I had mm. a hard time connecting with her inner desire to go out there and explore the world. Right. Um, I enjoyed all the moments that she was on, like land and was interacting and all those sort of moments that play out from there her falling in love but just her like core values and like her her willingness to go out there and try to explore i just i never connected to with it with it just because of what you just said because it felt like i am curious i i guess i kind of wanted to see what's out there i don't really have a full appreciation for what's down here like i don't know that was always a problem i i had with the movie and it's probably why it's not one of my all-time favorite Disney movies, but I still love it. Sure. That's got a you, minute, you, you, under a minute left. By yeah, the way. You, you might have swayed me a little bit there because I think part of your world is driven, like you said, by curiosity more than anything. And I don't think curiosity has the impact that Hercules's need to help people and need to be kind and need to just be the best he can be. Right. I think that might be a little bit more powerful and a little bit more interesting in this song as opposed to just simple curiosity man that's you might have gotten me there nine seconds left you you are gonna have to decide in just a few oh you know what's the nail in the coffin for part of your world for me it was nicknamed somewhere that's dry during production and so for some reason that makes me uncomfortable i don't like that at all (laughs) in fact that that yeah that uh did that do it for you? That, Did that knock it out? That knocks it out for me. I'm gonna yeah, I'm going uh go the distance uh because I think it adds an interesting conflict into the classic hero's journey, and I just think it has the same exact um I think it's I think it's more successful at having a similar type theme. Yeah. I think that sums up a lot of what we were we've been talking about here for the past few minutes. I think that's good. So, a little bit of a upset there with Go the Distance knocking part of your world out of the third quarterfinal match. And now we are on to the final quarterfinal match. 
Who will be going up against Go the Distance? Will it be the number three seed, A Whole New World from Aladdin, or the number six seed, Reflection from Mulan? Let's first debate those two. Can I get ten minutes on the clock, Graham? Starting now, I'm going to be honest with you, just to start this off, I don't remember much from Mulan. I haven't seen it more than once. Um, I know people out there are probably screaming right now (laughs) because that is a huge one. Um, in the the Disney fan base, yeah, um, and I don't even remember wh- how this song is like played out in the film. I know it's a beautiful song. Yes. I just I don't know the exact context of it. I know that also a whole new world to me is just a simple love song and like a cool mm-hmm. like this is this is a we're gonna go on this little date together and like sure he's sort of showing the princess kind of what she's not seeing um, because she has this sort of gated uh, privileged lifestyle, but it's like, I could see it moving on to the next round for me personally, just because I don't have much of a a knowledge of uh, reflection, Mm -hmm. but I don't see it getting very far past that just because I think there's not much meat to this song. I think it's beautiful. Like objectively, I just don't think in terms of the movie, it's uh, it was as impactful for me. Sure, I, I I see where you're coming from because Mulan for me I love the movie but it's a it's a movie of moments. There's certain moments that grip me and I enjoy a lot, like the moment that Mulan causes the avalanche and uh, knocks out like most of the Hun army. That's a fantastic moment and I think brilliantly executed within the film. I think I'll make a man out of you is uh, a fantastic song, one of them that should have been on this bracket, but... I know, I don't know. We've done that the last couple times where I'm like, I always think about, like, what could have been on there, and I always miss a few of them, and I'm like, what the fuck? No, we're tackling some big topics here, so I think you made the right choices, but, you know, that's I think that's one song that a lot of people really love, and I think a lot of people love Reflection, too, And, and that's another moment in Mulan that really grips me. I think it's... Again, another example of one of Disney's stronger females and one of their pushes to make those characters really visible and important and interesting. I, I appreciate that the song uses uh, traditional like Chinese strings and some other wind instruments. I think it's mixed well with the more traditional Disney ballad synths and orchestral things. So it still does sound like a Disney song, but it has a little bit of the cultural flair from based on its source material. I think it's just... A stronger message for me versus part of your uh not part of your world excuse me a whole new world lots of worlds and i know i was gonna say that's gonna get confusing <laughs> in the next round <laughs> so i think it I, I think reflection has a little bit stronger of a message recognizing how your true identity might not sit well immediately either with yourself or with your family or with your friends but it must be chased and embraced and i think it's a song of admit admittance it's you know, you, she Mulan admits to herself that she's not going to be the perfect daughter. She's not going to be able to serve well in the traditional Chinese women's familial role. And she says, if I'm truly to be myself, she's going to have to work for it. And she's going to have to take some strange steps and take some yeah. strange leaps in her life. Be, you know, pretend to be a man and join the Chinese army. That's... It's, I mean, I think that action fulfills a lot of what Reflection talk, talks about. Well, just hearing and being refreshed on how it fits into the rest of the movie, I you've already swayed me. Really? Like I'm, I'm already... Because, like, I, I, like I said, I've heard the song, and I think it's a beautiful song, and just hearing the actual message behind it and, and being reminded of that, uh, way more impactful for me. 
than uh, than uh, a whole new world. Almost called it part of your world again. <laughs> <laughs> but a whole new world that that one is a, a, a Disney classic in its own right. That's for sure. Uh, again, Alan Menken doing some of his best work. I think. I I don't think that a whole new world can be completely knocked out here quite yet. We've still no, yeah, no, time no, no. You're you're right on the clock. So I. I think it really captures the magic carpet ride well. I think it does. I think it's it's got sort of that burst right at the beginning of the song. It, I think a lot of the lyrics are very expressive of the motion and things like that, which is something that is relatively complex for a Disney song. Usually just like, here's what's happening and here's what I want. But this is actually expressive of what's like happening on screen and how things are animated, like the over, sideways, and under. I think that's really well sung uh, and, and the unbelievable sights indescribable feeling i think that's it's capturing what aladdin and jasmine are feeling it's capturing what a lot of audiences felt at the time when they were originally seeing this movie it's doing a lot and it really i, I think maybe unlike songs like can you feel the love tonight it does it attempts to do a lot and it succeeds right um it's a, a beautiful and fun to sing song too um Whereas Reflections maybe a little bit more uh, personal and performance-oriented uh, as opposed to uh, A Whole New World was a little bit more playful. Um, so, I don't know. I, I I still think Reflections got a little bit of an edge for me, but A Whole New World is, is has its strengths in its own rights, that's for sure. Uh, one thing that I do have a problem with with A Whole New World is the incredibly jarring change immediately after the song. So they sort of drift away along this little lily pad river and that sort of thing, and they're sitting on top of a, a building watching some fireworks, Aladdin and Jasmine. And then s- this is when they decide that Jasmine is going to tell Aladdin that she knows that he's Aladdin and not Prince Ali. It's It like breaks that trust that they just built up in this song immediately. (laughs) I remember even when I saw this movie as a kid, I was like, whoa, we just had a lovely moment here. Jasmine, you just killed the mood. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, it's, you know what I mean. It's, uh, it really undercuts a lot of what the song just established. Uh, Not necessarily a knock against the song, but a knock against how the song feeds into the storytelling. So, does reflection have a moment like that? I don't think so. I think reflection is really perfectly fit within the context of the movie and that sort of thing. So it's, that might be another strength of reflection against a whole new world. Uh It's a classic. I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's a tough one for sure. Are you still feeling reflection on this? I'm one? still feeling reflection. And in fact, that last point once again swayed me over. <laughs> I feel like we don't have to completely meet the uh, 10 minute mark. If we, sure. if we we don't have much more to say. Uh, but uh, I'm, um, yeah, I'm I'm sticking with reflection. I like I said, I think whole new world. It, it works as a as a nice love song, mm-hmm. but beyond that, it it doesn't do much else for me. I don't think it it really carries as much weight as it it. It's intended to. Sure. Um, I think that, uh, and like you said, it, it, it's that that trust that's broken, or that trust that's established in the song is immediately broken after. So it just kind of it defeats the purpose of it. Um, yeah, and I just think I also think as a song, I just prefer reflection more. I think it's a little bit more. Uh, I think music- it carries a little more weight. Yeah, musically, it's very very strong reflection. So yeah, I I wish I had more negative things to say about reflection, but it's. 
such a powerful song and I think it serves the character well and I think it meant a lot to a lot of people uh, when the Mulan first came out and a lot of people saw it and I still think it remains to mean a lot of things to people whereas part of your world is no no it's not part of your world it's a whole new world (laughs) a whole new world whereas that it's still just sort of a love song to people. It doesn't have people aren't able to internalize. Which it one, a part well. of your world or a whole new world? A whole new world. Okay, okay. Just people just can't test internalize. Keeping you on your keeping you on your toes. <laughs> I'm gonna go grab a, a phone charger over here. Sure. Keep talking. Yeah, sounds good. So I think we're gonna see reflection. Move on to the next round. Another upset. I think this bracket has been completely destroyed. I love it. This is this is what I live for, Graham. I live for these moments when we just completely <laughs> destroy our expectations for this. I love it. But let's review the standings. So in the first matchup, we had the first seed when you wish upon a star from Pinocchio going out against Let It Go and Let It Go knocked that star right out of the sky. Let It Go went on to the semifinals. Then we had Beauty and the Beast from Beauty and the Beast going up against Can You Feel the Love Tonight from Lion King. Can you feel the love tonight? Could not feel the love tonight. And Beauty and the Beast went on to the next round. You should be fired for this. (laughs) Part of your world. Not a whole new world. Part of your world from The Little Mermaid went up against Go the Distance from Hercules. And guess what Go the Distance did? He went the distance. Jesus Christ. (laughs) End this torture. (laughs) And it went on to the next round. A whole new world went up against Reflection. And Reflection, I don't... I don't have a to- I don't have a terrible joke for this one. Reflection just won. It was just good. <laughs> the reflection shined. Wasn't that, isn't that the line? When will my reflection show? Oh, when, it show. When my reflection show. The reflection showed that a whole new world was nothing. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. That one got grim. That yeah. one got grim. <laughs> All right. So we in our semifinal mashup matchups we have Let It Go going going up against Beauty and the Beast and Go the Distance going up against Reflection. Oh, man. Lots of upsets here. I'm interested to see how this goes. But let's get to our first semifinal matchup. Let's talk about Let It Go and Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah. Ten minutes on the clock. What's starting? Right about now. Now. Excellent. So. Oh, this is this Beauty is and the be Beast, a- not even close. <laughs> not even close. Don't torture me here, Dayton. You cannot oh, advance. Let it go to the finals. I know. I, I just be I beating the beast. It's uh, it's such a beautiful song. It's just so great. And I don't know. Yeah. Once again, this goes back to the whole conversation about the overhyping of Frozen. Look what you did to me, <laughs> popular audiences. You've yeah. ruined everything. Because yeah. I know Let It Go is probably a good song, but you ruined that idea for me. <laughs> the idea of let it go the con- very concept of let it go has been destroyed i i think i'm with you on beauty and the beast i'll let you sort this out here yeah <laughs> i gotta think this through man it let it go i think for me captures a cool time for me personally um when I was a little girl, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> when I, let it go came out during uh, my freshman year of college and it sort of represented that sort of step into the next Jesus, life. Jesus, do I feel young? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was only a junior in high school. Oh, dang. Younger. A whole two years younger than A whole than me, two years younger. I'm, young uh, I'm a young snapper. <laughs> I was going to say, back <laughs> in my day. That's a <laughs> <laughs> but I, th- I, I think Let It Go captures a, a, a cool element of my life 
in that I'm sort of, I, I had to go through a lot of change coming to college. I had to leave a lot of my friends behind and I just sort of had to ride on my own merits. And uh, I, I like to think personally, I, I did pretty well. I mean, I, I got this cool podcasting job with this cool guy named Graham. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and look at you. You're, you are living the dream. <laughs> and it's all thanks to Elsa yeah, and say. her inspiring words. No, really, I, I think the song genuinely did inspire a lot of people to be themselves and to own their faults and use their faults in productive, creative ways, just as she built the ice castles and the snowmen and that sort of thing. I think a lot of people uh, took that as a chance to be their best selves. And isn't that just invaluable? That's just priceless. That that defines life right there. That, That encompasses existence. Yes. And... Another element I really like about it is that I associate it with Christmas. I'm not sure if it really has entered the pantheon it, of Christmas did songs. Did it come out in December of 2013? It was like late November, oh, okay. December. Somewhere in that. So it, yeah. it counts. It, yeah. can, it can count. Yeah, it was a holiday movie for a, a lot of people, myself included. So when I hear that song, I think about Christmas. And Christmas, Christmas is my favorite holiday. So that's pretty Look cool. Look at you. You're <laughs> so unique, David. So original. Have you heard of this holiday called Christmas? I'd never heard of it. <laughs> it's it's kind of up and coming thing, you know. <laughs> oh man, but I so in that way I think Frozen and Let It Go means a lot to me. And there's perhaps some value in that, but boy, is Beauty and the Beast really good. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm telling you, man. A tale is old. Don't let me time. down. Think this one through in a very very efficient manner because yeah. we got to make the best decision in this. Yeah, case. it's I think it's a very strong song. I don't know what bad to say about it. I think <laughs> there's there's some moments where they overuse sun imagery. They use like certain as the sun and it's like as the sun will rise. It's like, yeah, we get it. The sun is cool. The sun's pretty dope. But you can't keep using it as a metaphor for your love, guys. It's terrible. <laughs> No, <laughs> you're really reaching here. For oh, some I critiques. know. Yeah, but it's it's. But you it, have to, I guess. It's the wannabe poet in me trying to uh, pull some bullcrap out of this. But yeah, I there's there's some. All right, let's put it this way. Let it go is deba- debatably a, fa- a flawed song. You know, there's the the production could be considered overblown. The character arc could be considered maybe a little bit too quick or too drastic or uh, too extreme. That sort of thing, whereas Beauty and the Beast it like sits perfectly in its yes. in, in in its world. The arc of that movie is very very effective and yeah. like really really well timed. Like I feel like that movie structurally is like almost perfect. Oh and just yeah. How it a to a to b like the way that journey unfolds is remarkable. Like I feel like every time I watch it, I'm just like blown away by how smooth it is and like how how each each sequence really builds on the other one. So that'd yep. be my argument. And I think that that song is is a part of that equation. So yeah, it's it's beautiful. <laughs> that's I I think that's how it's best described. It's just something that's uh, beautiful in, in in its own right how it plays out as a as a song. It's beautiful. And it's beautiful in how it tells its story too. It's it's cool, man. It's great. I I guess maybe it's the only flaw with it that 
John Lennon, uh, John Legend, and Ariana Grande did a really crappy, obnoxious pop I would version have, of I, it. I was really hoping now that you would have said John Lennon, <laughs> John Lennon, and Ariana Grande. What a combo that would have been! Oh yes, the, a collab for the ages. A collab for the ages. <laughs> oh yeah, they did do it. When what, what was that? Was that for the uh, live action? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Jesus. Um, yeah, it's which is a bummer because I love both of those artists. So that's really strange that that didn't work out it but. just ended up being this really glossy sort of american idolized version of it again i think those are the worst when oh, it's it's so poppy like but runs where there ought not be runs it's making and... a ballad for the sake of a ballad exactly. there's no thought into what actually that song the significance that song has and, exactly and, yeah because in in the movie as we mentioned before uh mrs potts played by angela lansbury sings the song and i think sings it beautifully and she's just Amazed by what's happening right. in the castle. She's been living with the beast and seeing him torment others, torment himself. And now he's finally breaking free from that. And she's just like, look at what's happening. This is great. Our little, the, the prodigal son has returned. That sort of, right. There, there's That's happening within her. And then suddenly we have John Legend and Ariana Grande singing it as a, a, a duet for some reason? I don't know. Yeah, is, I guess they're making John Legend the Beast in that case, and Ariana Grande, Bell. I get their problem. Uh, I get what they're going for. It's just... Uh, but I'm not does not. Yeah, I was going to say, does not register with me at all. Yeah, but I, I don't think the song is bad enough, where that version of the song is bad enough to tarnish the original. You know, I'm. You know I, I like to not be that person who's like, "Oh, you ruined my childhood." And no, it's like, no, nah, that Beauty and the Beast and that song still exist. So, well, I was gonna say, you know, what's really interesting when when people bring up the live action uh, Disney movies, especially now that we're getting more of them, is like people are like, "Well, this is a good way to introduce kids to the old one." It's like, well, why wouldn't you just introduce them to the old one to begin with? Like, right. Why do you need a live action movie to be like? Look at how cool Beauty and the Beast is. Now go watch the original. It's like just show them the original. Yeah, I think kids would still love that movie today. Yeah, the like animation it's is animation. Gorgeous. The kids are gonna love animation no matter what. I grew up watching the Disney films from the 1950s, and time, you know, the time that had passed between when I watched it and when it was made had, had no significance to me. Okay. It was still a good movie no matter what. Yeah. Um, no, I'll argue that uh, yeah, some of those older Disney movies moved a little slower. I probably didn't get as into them as more of the modern ones. Like, sure. Especially when like movies like Lilo and Stitch started coming out, like those more like high energy type Disney movies that aren't so like you know c- compare Fantasia to Lilo and Stitch. Like you're gonna get like a definite uh, contrast. But right. Um, I think that um, I don't know. I always thought that was an interesting comment that people would make in in support of these live action movies. It's mm-hmm. like, well, it, it, you know, it'll get kids to go see the original. It's like. Just put on the original. Yeah. Not that I think that like live action, like like you said, it's like if the live action sucks, you always have the original. So I yeah. don't think there's any harm in the live action coming out. Right. I just think that um, I don't see how it really does anything right. of I, any significance. I, you know, I'll, I'll say the classic thing about uh, remake culture that people have said over and over is that remake a movie that needs to be remade in terms of either improving on. Uh, character arcs that might be flawed or might not have aged well and things like that. Like, honestly, Beauty and the Beast still holds up. I have no problems with that movie. Yeah. Whereas, like, something like if Hunchback of Notre Dame was remade, which I love that movie, but I could... It, it needs a fresh coat of paint. That 
that there makes sense. I I would love to see a, a remake of a live action remake of Hunchback of Notre Dame that you know handles some be really interesting of the story yeah. better. Yeah, especially since that source material is so dark and things like that. But right, it's yeah, it, it's a matter of how can we tell a story better. Yeah, and if you can do something different, if you can add a unique touch to it and and sort of challenge the audience's ideas about the movie or the uh, I guess the the source material, that's great. And actually, I encourage that because that's something new. You're 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 challenging yourself and you're challenging the original piece. But if you're just going out there and basically making the same exact movie, and sure, you might add an original song or something like that, sure. like Beauty and the Beast did, that's when I have more of a problem. Getting a phone call, I gotta ignore it here. Sure. No problem. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Oh, we're over to the time. Thank you, phone call, for distracting us. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I, uh, I just don't think there's enough wrong with Beauty and the Beast for it to s- get knocked out now. I think. I think it moves on. I think it moves on. Uh, as much as I love let it go personally, it's. I can. S- it's not. You as have long to for let everyone. it go, Dayton. Oh, you thought I was bad. I was gonna say I can play your little pun game. <laughs> I don't think I'm not up to the test. Oh, I know. So yeah, I, I guess I. Let's put it this way. I get why people don't like Let It Go. Right. I still enjoy it, and I don't enjoy it any less because of that fact. I would be pretty confused if somebody didn't like Beauty and the Beast. It's a beautiful song, and yeah. it's. A little bit more universal, a little bit more accessible, and things like that. So, uh, as much as "Let It Go" means to a lot of people, I think it's I think it's gotta go. I think "Beauty and the Beast" is moving on to the final round, and it's gonna be in the contest for the happiest jam on earth. But before we get there, we gotta determine its combatant. We have "Go the Distance" from Hercules going up against "Reflection" from Mulan. I get 10 minutes on the clock, Ram? It's on. All right. We'll go the distance, go the distance again, or will the reflection show? God damn, man. That's hard. It's it's infectious. Especially when I'm just stealing your puns. It it makes it even worse. It's not even original at that point. Um, Yeah, I'm... Yeah, this is going to be another interesting one, because I think it's... Again, is is two songs that are they're very similar. They're yeah, they're the it's sort of. It's that moment where it's like I need to do this in order to have a fruitful life, and this is what I'm gonna do. And like, goddamn, yeah, like it lays out all the obstacles. It kind of lays out the interpersonal conflict. Yes. So goddamn, I I am <laughs> I am really at a loss to, and they're both beautiful songs. So this this is very evenly matched. This might for me, be the most evenly matched contest we've had so far. Yeah. They both express, as you said, that moment of the character making that critical decision. They both express that very, very well. Now, I guess I'm going to go back to the old Disney karaoke test. Which one would you rather sing? <laughs> oh, go the distance for sure. Plus, that, it also fits with my voice better. So <laughs> that, that, that might be a personal bias there. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> How about you? Um, if if you if someone says Dayton, you're up. Yep. Disney karaoke night. Yeah, I mean it's it's go the distance, isn't it? Uh, the Michael Bolton version, of course. Michael Bolton version, <laughs> of course. No offense to the uh, the singer in uh, Hercules, the voice actor, but um, yeah, Michael Bolton is, Mike- is too legendary to deny at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, I I think I would personally sing go the distance because I think it's a little bit more fun to sing. 
Um, I do love Reflection. I think the melody is one of Disney's strongest. Uh, like, when will my reflection show when that when that line hits? Ooh, it grabs you and doesn't let go. It's it's absolutely riveting. And I, but I think that's some that's sort of the element of the song where you you like it's something you're supposed to experience, not where you're supposed to sing it. Really, you know, it's it's so innate to the character. And go the distance, I think, might have a little bit more of a universal appeal, and that sort of thing. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But uh, if we're going to be talking about the Michael Bolton version of Go the Distance, we got to talk about the Christina Aguilera version of Reflection, which is not so good. It's fine. I think Christina Aguilera has a good voice. Um, I don't think for this character, though. And, you know, it's interesting to talk about whether those pop versions represent the characters still or not. But I, I think feel like I feel like her voice and demeanor of the song really clashes with uh mulan's a little bit more timid but strong personality i i don't i'm not a fan not a fan graham yeah Yeah. i can see what you mean though yeah it's again it's a matter of she didn't voice the actual character did she okay no no. which is always weird too because then you have like one doing the the voice and the dialogue and then you have someone doing the song it's just yeah that you have to make sure that they they match up and that right. makes sense to, to put together so right and i think i feel like michael bolton's voice matches the spectacle of hercules he, doesn't, the he doesn't do the original though right oh okay okay right. okay i see what you mean but in terms of if we're going to be talking about these alternative versions and how they match up to each other i feel Wait, like so can you clarify this for me then? yeah so christina aguilera did not do the song in the movie correct okay now i i thought what it was was that there was, uh, and I apologize because I was totally mishearing you here. Then, oh yeah, no, I then. I thought it was the voice actress was doing the dialogue, and then for the songs, Christina Aguilera in the movie would sing the song. So I'm yeah. wrong on that. I think Christina Aguilera's version, like Michael Bolton's version of Golden played Distance, the credits. played during the credits. Okay, that makes sense. If I remember correctly. Well, regard, yeah, I mean, okay, that that doesn't really change much for me, but yeah, I okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I don't Michael Bolton's God. I just can't get over it. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's I, I think we might have to dig into a little bit of the flaws of Go the Distance. Now, it's a little too early in the movie for me. Like, it's too dramatic too early. Peaks a little bit too early for you. Yeah, yeah. like that's, that's a song that like if they put three quarters of the way in would be really epic and really awesome. Yeah. Not that I don't, like it does lay out the objectives for the character and, you know, presents the the journey but it's really intense and that's with that song literally comes within the first like 20 minutes oh I'm yeah sure like it's yeah. it's right from the get-go so if i have one gripe with it it's probably that it's just a little mm-hmm. too much too soon sure but um yeah yeah i think my slight beef with it it's very slight but it's that hercules a lot of its other songs have that gospel feel to it yeah. which i love love zero to hero is great um i wish i wasn't in love or whatever, whatever mcgarris song is yep uh that one's fantastic that one's got the muses singing in the background and they're doing their little shooby doo wop thing and it's great uh i love that feel and i think that's such an ingenious combination with greek myth co- like gospel music Christian music mixing with uh, a, another uh, belief system. I think it's super cool. I think that was such a gutsy, interesting move by Disney to do. Right. Um, but Go the Distance doesn't feel like a gospel song. It just feels like a good ballad. 
Which it definitely is. But, <laughs> you know, would it be better if it had a little bit more of that that flair to it, a little bit more of that energy? I don't know. I think that's a that's something that a question that has to be asked about this song. And as far as how reflection fits in with the rest of the tone of its movie and its other songs, I think reflection does fit in a little bit better. Like I mentioned earlier, uses some of those cultural instruments and uses Mulan's voice very well. And her voice and how she expresses herself, I think, matches how a lot of the other songs go. Like even a very different song like uh, Make a Man Out of You is, you know, I think it's still got that sort of um, cultural Chinese energy to it. Has a, a, some of those uh, instruments and uh, that sort of feel to it. So, I I think it feel it fits like a little bit better within its larger soundtrack. Um, but does that make it the better song? I don't know. I don't know. Tough to say. I I don't know. Do you have any further so- thoughts on I this don't. one? Graham? I uh, God, I'm going go the distance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me personally, it was just a more impactful song as a kid and, and it still is today like I, i've listened to it recently um okay not preparing for this podcast just like in general like just like i said tunes. sometimes you go for a run and you're like man as much as i love listening to this you know trap music <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding <laughs> um but you know I, I i don't typically listen to disney music while i'm running mm-hmm. but uh sometimes it calls for it and that uh that one i'll make a man out of you are always top of the list. So um, it's pretty epic to, to run, to go the distance. Let me tell you, you wouldn't true. think it is because it's not a very like rhythmic song. Like there, you very can't flowy. And yeah. Like you, you, you run the, uh, I'll make a man out of you. It makes sense. It's got it more of an upbeat, uh, upbeat rhythm, but uh, man, you're in those last few mm-hmm. uh, stretches of your run and you're coming back and, Go the distance. That that's that's the ticket right there. That's that's, awesome. that's the the shot of medicine you need. So yeah. um, I'll I'll to give that a try sometime. That sounds like a and then listen like to one. and then listen to Chim Chim Tree from <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. That does not make the list. That's a good song, but oh, absolutely. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm yeah. doing I'm doing go the distance. Yeah, very okay. slightly though, because both just they're very they're so similar. It's like yeah. it's hard to pick. Yeah, this is really close for me because I, I, I love both of these characters. And I love both of these moments for these characters. And I feel like both songs execute that feeling, whatever they're feeling, for them. I think I think they're both very expressive. I think I'm going to modify my karaoke test a little bit. So I'm sure some of us have had those nights when we're all you know, hanging out with friends and things and casting music videos and whatnot onto a screen and just sort of sitting, talking, listening to music, that sort of thing. I've definitely been... I've never done that before. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, well. I think you're an outcast. Just kidding. (laughs) Well, me and my friends do this. (laughs) And we've gotten some Disney stints before, too. You know, we'll just start playing a string of Disney songs. And I think I would play Go the Distance before I would play Reflection. And... You know, that might just be because it's more suited for a party, but I think it's, I think it just resonates with people a little bit better, as is is a little bit more welcoming and uh, a little bit more fun, and Disney should be fun, especially with a couple of brewskis. You want to have one? I would not mind one actually. All right, go grab one. All right, it's not as warm or it's not as cold as you'd probably like it, but don't worry. <laughs> And I'm not going to tell you the name of the beer because they don't sponsor us. Well, it'd be really <laughs> nice if they sponsored us. That would be uh, grab one here. Well, I'll 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 keep the 
while you're opening that, I'll, I'll talk. Um, it's an interesting criteria to have. Yeah. What would you throw up on the, the tea? I, I understand it, though. Yeah. I understand it, though. It's a really good test when you talk about music because it's like that's when you listen to music. I mean, yeah, like I like to listen to music on my own, but you also want to test out when you're going to throw things up in front of a group yeah. setting and then you want to put on the best possible evening for somebody, so you got to choose the best music. So Yeah. I we're over time. Damn it. Yeah, man. I wasn't sure if we could be able to talk about some of these songs for... Yeah, especially after you talk to them tw- about them twice, and yeah. like you kind of like, okay, what else do I have to say about this? I yeah, I gotta say, um, <clears throat> I'm sticking with "Go the Distance," but I'm really curious to hear what your final choice is. Yeah, I just I don't think I have a good enough reason to choose reflection. I think I think one lesson that was that should be taken away from that song is what does it mean to be a good child. Uh, I think that's something that really resonated with with me when I first heard the song as a kid is, you know, Mulan, was it good for her to follow her family's path set out for her or was it good for her to forge her own path? Like what is what does that mean in terms of being a good child, which is better, which is better for the parents, which is better for the kid? I think that familial dynamic dynamic, if the song touched on that a little bit more, it does a lot. But if it just pulled that out a little bit. It might do it for me, but go the distance. I mean, I feel like going for a run. Yeah. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about that song, now I'm thinking about that chorus, and now that I'm thinking about Michael Bolton's flowing hair. I inspired hair. Dayton to to take on a more healthy lifestyle. That's <laughs> I'm I was successful. That's all I needed to do. So if a song can inspire you to do cardio, maybe it's worthy yeah, of being say, called the heaviest jam on earth. Do not shy away from it, folks. <laughs> not many chances you get with that, you know. Not many not many times we have a song have that much power in your life. So uh, anyway, yeah. 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 Reflection just makes me feel wistful whereas <laughs> go the distance makes me want to go the distance. That's beautiful. All right. You're running out of puns too. I I'm running tell. out of puns. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm repeating. Your that. face is getting more red every time you say one because <laughs> of the, uh, the the how uncomfortable you're getting. Yeah. So my brain's just got to flow more blood to that to try to get. It's like we gotta get more jokes, guys. We don't got them. <laughs> we don't got enough. <laughs> Do we have any on uh, in, in in savings? Like, <laughs> I'm imagining that episode of SpongeBob where they have like all the filing cabinets. Oh like, yeah, everything and there's like where are the jokes? Right. <laughs> All we have are just copies of Go the Distance. <laughs> I love it. Um, awesome. I, I think I think that determines our final matchup. Go the Distance versus Beauty and, and the Beast. Beast. Shit. Oh, man, I'm glad I'm glad I cracked open a beer for this one. All right, I'll put ten minutes. Whoops. Gonna take a, you give me you give me one beer and I'm like hitting things, and <laughs> knocking, talking, not talking over. in the microphone. Yeah, Jesus Christ! Um, all right, ten minutes is on the clock. Beauty and the Beast for the title versus Go the Distance for the title of Happiest Jam on Earth. Jesus, I that that one you will laugh at every single time yeah, you say it. So yeah, it's hilarious. At least you got that going for you. Um, <laughs> That's a joke I'll keep on file. But shit, this one is so difficult. Yeah. Um, because both were so important to me as a kid. Like, yeah, just they were so big in my life. Man, um, I think that's. I, I think. Oh yeah, you go. I think that's a good sort of litmus test for this. 
because these are both Disney Renaissance films, both films that you and I grew up with. And thinking back to when we first heard them as kids, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe that, how we felt then, is a good criteria for at least starting to judge these two amazing songs. I guess one of the criteria I would have is like, if I have my own kid at some point, Ooh. you know, and I have one chance to, to show him what Disney embodies and try to get him or her into Disney, um, which one would I choose first? If I only had one song, you know, if it was between these two songs and that this was the only chance I had, like which one right. would, I, would I pick? Um, and I, I got to say, I would probably go Beauty and the Beast. Me too. I think it's, it's, it's just way more important. I think in terms of the, it's it's that's even hard to say because Hercules that that song is very important too. But right, I think my big my my gripe remains with Go the Distance. It's just too much too soon. Right, it's just it's so over dramatic in some cases yeah. and in some ways. So, um, and I think Beating the Beast is just a very simple, yet beautiful. I don't know if you yeah. could call it a love song, but I guess it is in some regards. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, I, I, I think at the end of the day that it's just Beauty and the Beast does what it wants to do perfectly and go the distance, you know, too much too soon. Not quite as earned as Beauty and the Beast is in that moment. I feel like there's so much building up to the beauty, beauty and the beast when they're dancing in that ballroom and all the residents of the castle are finally realizing, hey, we have some hope here. Not only are these two falling in love, but like that means that joy could come back to this castle. Joy could come back to this this area of France. And it, I don't know if Go the Distance quite has that impact, quite that scope. It's... Like you said, it's it's too much too soon. There, Hercules is, has certainly suffered and definitely does not feel at home where he is. But for him to get all excited and things so quickly, you're just like, whoa, hold up there, buddy. You sure? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, it is... Yeah, there's not been the real struggle yet. Like, we at least... The audience has not become aware of it as much. Like, we're, right. we know what it is, but we're not, like... I, I I stand by the fact if it had come three fourths of the way in the end, we would have been yeah. like, man, like fuck yeah, like this dude, <laughs> this dude, like overcome this obstacle because right. we've been with you this entire way, but we're just getting to know Hercules as a character. We don't even know right. if he's a good person. He might be yeah. a piece of shit. Like we've only known him for twenty minutes. So <laughs> how do how are we supposed to completely understand this character through and throughout? Right. Um. Now, obviously, later on, we learn he's not. He's a good person. He means mm-hmm. well, and he's, you know, um, very, he's very part of this destiny. Yeah, yeah, but we, best, but we as an audience need to learn and grow with that character yes. before we get these big ballads. Um, and that was my problem with, you know, a whole, or part of your world. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, God. Um, no, just part of it, not the whole thing. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah. Part of your world, because, like I said, it's it's so much too soon it's yeah. it's and i have a problem with that with with all musicals when it does when it does like yeah. this is my objective and yeah. i have this big thing that i it's like musicals are not known for their subtlety yeah Let's put it it, that the way. subtlety <laughs> is not there and, and i'm a big fan of subtlety i think subtlety can go a long way yeah um, and a song that might 
if if not entirely capture it, at least grace the edge of subtlety is Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, you really you really feel that moment of relief and peace with them because not only have you seen them struggle as a couple, but you've seen both of them struggle as individuals, and you know that the Beast has been locked up in that castle, just griping over his own state and what he's you know, by his own childish actions done to his own people. Yeah. Yet, like you, you feel that in that moment where he's finally like, Oh man, am I going to feel something good? Am I going to do something good? Am I going to be better for somebody instead of worse for them? Yeah. And bell, she's, you know, she was uh, a city girl in a small town and r- really just didn't have that outlet and didn't she's have just a, a small way. town girl living in a lonely world. Yeah. <laughs> Took the midnight train going anywhere. Yeah, just ended up at the Beast's castle. All yeah. right, and that's where people tune out <laughs> after listening to that <laughs> fucking joke. Journey. Um, but yeah, I I just feel like Beauty and the Beast is earned, and it feels wonderful when those characters reach that moment, and it feels wonderful for them. It feels wonderful for the audience. It feels wonderful for the side characters. It's just a perfect moment, and. In a way, that's uh, how a lot of Disney films in general feel. You know, you finally get to sit down with your family or friends and just enjoy something that's wholesome and hopeful and dreamlike and just beautiful. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, well, Beauty and the Beast is also guilty of doing the... (laughs) the big dramatic song very early on, but that's just, like I said, that's just musicals in general. Yeah. That's, that's how to grab the attention. Yeah. You got to get the audience engaged in some way. So if they think that's the best way to do it, then more power to them, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the beating the beast is, uh, is beautiful. It's, uh, it's iconic. Yeah. And, uh, it stands the test of time. So, yeah, yeah I think that that's my pick only about seven minutes in. Oh yeah. I, I, don't think Go the Distance has the meat to it yeah. to stand up against this song. It doesn't have the story backing it up. Uh, I would argue quite Michael Bolton one has that meat, though. I'm not <laughs> even kidding. And I'm, I'm, they take that joke aside. Like when I compare and contrast, I actually might prefer the Michael Bolton version of the song. Of, oh, wow. Okay. Like legitimately, yeah. I think it's. Great, like I, I, like I know it's kind of a joke because Michael Bolton, you know, he he's is kind of he a is, meme, and he's kind of a, he's a meme. He's, yeah. he's just a meme, and as much as I hate the overuse of that word, no. um, yeah. I think that I, I fucking love the Michael Bolton <laughs> version. I've listened to it probably more than I have the original. I just okay. think that that it's just got more of an epic feel to it. Like you said, it's kind of like you could hear it playing at the Olympics, yeah. at the opening ceremonies. Um, it's just it's way more. Impactful. I don't know. I I by I think if it was the Michael Bolton version versus the Beauty and the Beast one, I might choose the Michael <laughs> Bolton one. Um, okay. But uh, all right, all right, maybe there, maybe buddy. that's an extreme statement. But <laughs> I no, think I, when we, when you talk about just like the the I, I don't even know if this is a word, but the grandness or the the scope of the songs, yes. I think that uh, Michael Bolton's was way more efficient in that way, hmm. um, and. Uh, so I do yeah. like Michael Bolton's version. I do like it a lot. Uh, it's got a really cool guitar solo in it. I'm a big fan of mm-hmm. Trans Siberian Orchestra, and it has that sort of yes, feel to it. It does, it's just sort of like the uh, sort of a heavy metal play on the fairy tale sound. Love that. My problem with the Michael Bolton song, it's over five minutes it's long. It's really <laughs> fucking long. I mean, I'm in it for the long haul, but I can understand why someone who doesn't have an appreciation for it can't always make it through. Yeah, and let's put it this way. 
I don't think Beauty and the Beast needed any other person to sing it. it that the when Angela Lansbury went oh. into that booth for the first time and just sang it, and she got it on the first try. That was it. That should be the last time that somebody sang that song. Yeah, and then they didn't because they brought it back for the live action. I don't even remember who played Mrs. Potts in the uh, live action. Uh, Emma Thompson. Oh, yeah. No, she's, she's good. Yeah, she's fine. Yeah, I, I, I don't think she does a disservice <laughs> to the song. I think it's I think she brings her own flavor to it, like we were talking about yeah. before with how remakes should be done. Um, Emma Thompson brings a little bit more like of a cockneyed charm to the it. Only problem, the only person's voice I have a really big problem with that movie is the other Emma, Emma Watson. I don't think her voice is very good at all in that movie. I think it's super auto-tuned. Yeah, that's what it feels like. <laughs> and mean, I don't like I don't know the ins and outs of, of auto-tuning, so I can't always say if something's auto-tuned yeah, because same. I don't know, but... There were a lot of moments, especially in her big ballad at the beginning, where I was like, that definitely sounds like computer-generated right. there. Yeah. Um, shit. But, but um, thankfully, we have the original Beauty and the Beast. We have Angela Lansbury and things like that. And uh, I think that's all that Disney Not my needs. beast. <laughs> not my, <laughs> not my Beauty not and the my Beast. beast. Yeah. <laughs> um, four seconds. Yeah. I, I'm sticking with Beauty and the Beast. I think I think that I is, am too. I think that's the happiest jam on earth. You folks. know what's just interesting though It's like because, and I, I guess this goes for any bracket we do. It's just so interesting. It's like if we did this matchups, we we adjusted yeah. them slightly, probably a different winner. Oh yeah, honestly, it, it's just crazy how the randomized bracket plays out. Yeah, um, but I think you, at the same time it really forces you to dig deep into what songs are and what they mean to people. Yeah, um, and what various other pieces of pop culture media. Especially when you consider really the head-to-head factor of it. You know, when you really have to compare and contrast the two rather than just look at one. You know, I don't know. It's just, there's something interesting about that. I I noticed that with the last two was that um, there's, there's, there's a uh, interesting dynamic at play when, when you do a randomized bracket. Yes. You don't worry about seedings and all that stuff and you just kind of let the computer figure out who should be in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, rankings or standings um, right this is really interesting um yeah it i'm going with it uh other let's talk about some other songs though yeah but there you have it folks beauty and the beast happiest jam on earth best disney song out of these eight but let's talk about a few more let's talk about some other disney music that we didn't mention already Tar- yeah you got tarzan i do yeah so i want to know <laughs> can, can you show me yeah it's a really good song oh my gosh that's 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 probably my favorite song from that one. Um, another one of my favorites uh, from that is the ballad between uh, Tarzan and his uh, gorilla mother. <laughs> um, that one's really really sweet, and uh, I think. What was that one? Don't stop me crying. It will be all right. Yes. Yeah, it really. It's, yes. It's a great fucking the song. Title, the title escapes me at the moment. But that movie is so good. Yeah, it really it's is. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas. I have that one down as well. I don't like that movie, but I really... You know what's funny? Did you know that Disney put way more money into Pocahontas than they did Lion King? Really? Yeah. This is from a source who I will not name, Charlie Arpin. Um <laughs> Apparently, they were coming around out around the same time. Okay. Disney was banking on Pocahontas actually being the bigger success. Really? Like, not even close. So I that's guess- why the animation of Pocahontas looks so good, and yeah. that why Lion King's is good, but it's not, like, as good as Pocahontas. Right. And then, of course, now we have Lion King, which is the most successful Disney film probably of all time. Yeah. Versus... A lot of people's favorites, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um... Yeah. Oh, I, 
I just can't wait to be king. Fucking love that song. <laughs> that is so good. I I uh, I'll I'll dismiss the Aaron Carter remix that happened in the Disney Mania. Excuse me, what? <laughs> I have never heard this, and yeah. it sounds deeply frightening. Disney Mania one, two, or three. I don't remember which one, but there was a there was a just I just can't wait to be king remix. Um, oh my or cover, I guess, gosh. not a remix. But yeah, no, that was horrible. Um, yeah, but that song yeah. is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know anything from Lion King is great. Yeah, I don't think there's a real bad song in there. Like I feel like we kind of <laughs> shat on uh, "Can You Feel the Love Tonight" a little bit unnecessarily. I think that's a great song. I think it's the worst song in the movie, though. I would argue, which says a lot to the quality of the overall soundtrack. I think mm-hmm. um, I love Elton John. I think he did a fantastic job with yeah. the movie. No, he's great. Yeah, uh, another. Uh, I also had uh, Colors of the Wind down as another uh, honorable mention outside the bracket. Um, I'll Make a Man Out of You, we discussed a little bit from Mulan. Um, My favorite Disney song is a little bit unusual. So, uh, Eye to Eye from Goofy Movie. Wow. I don't even know how that goes. I love the Goofy Movie. I just remember that song. It's fantastic. It's... It, I feel like the movie's super underrated because it captures a father-son relationship really, Dude, really well. Dude, it's great. People give so much shit because of, it's goofy and like what, like he's following his son to college. Like the concept on paper is really ridiculous. Yeah. I always loved that movie. I thought it was super fun and like super heartfelt. Yeah, and it's cool for Disney to jump into something that was at the time very contemporary. Um, you know, they had cars and things. And it wasn't a fairy tale. It was just a story about a father and son in modern day America, quote unquote. Um so that that song is fantastic. That one, I, I I just get so pumped up. I was listening to it the other night, and I was like tearing up because I was so excited. Can we count a Toy Story movie? Yeah, I actually um, do. I, I I do want to mention some stuff. Pixar you got here. a friend of me is my favorite one. So good. It's so innocent and so like adorable. It like, really for is. Lack of a better word. It's no. Adorable. I feel like that's pretty fitting. Um, I also love when she loved me. Oh. God, that's that's such a heartbreaking sequence. Yeah, yeah. Um, Toy Story not really known for its music, but those two songs are uh, are great. Yeah, Gaston is so much fun. I don't care what anyone says. It's like the ultimate like the ultimate display of like this is these are the stereotypes around masculinity <laughs> and stuff like yep. that. And I I always thought that, that was a, a really uh, a funny piece. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's it's a blast. Uh, one that I want to mention that could even be the start of its own bracket someday is uh, Disney villain songs. Oh, uh, yeah. My favorite among them is Be Prepared from Lion King. Oh, yeah. Scar's it's, a badass, oh, dude. He's scary. That, yeah. Then that, that, that's, that song is very powerful, and the animation that goes with it is absolutely hellish in the coolest way. Yeah. It's, that one's That's a really good fun. song, dude. Shit, I forgot about that one. Right? It's, it's overlooked because it's, that's the problem with like villain songs is like by their nature people are like oh no I want the hero song like nobody wants to sing be prepared dude I was nobody always a fan to... of the villains I always rooted for the villains <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm a psychopath but uh, as a kid growing up I always wanted to be a villain like oh, yeah. in a Disney movie like that'd be so cool yeah you're probably um, crazy <laughs> yeah I probably am um, I guess this doesn't really count as much but like I was saying Chim Chimmery earlier Chim oh, Chim yeah. Cherry yeah. from Mary Poppins like it's a great song. Yeah. A lot of fun. Um, yeah, again, like uh, When You Wish Upon a Star, captures a lot of that early Disney whimsy and, yeah. and fun that they always tried to capture. So, yeah, that one's definitely... Did Peter Pan have a song? Uh, a couple. 
Okay. I, um, it had at least one very racist one. Oh, that, okay. Fuck that. that <laughs> no, not that one. That's the only one I remember, which I feel okay. bad about, because that's a genuinely good movie, but that one just, ooh, that is a oh, big yeah, blemish dude, on an old movie. Go back, watch classic Disney. There's some hardcore racism <laughs> going on in the, those movies. Like, yeah. 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 I think people, people why, like yeah. to forget about that, and, and then, then you have to make them watch it. You know, I watched Peter Pan the last time, like probably three years ago, and okay. yeah, that was hard to get through that part. I'm like, "Fuck, dude, this was, yeah. this was okay. Like, no one really cared back then." But um, that old classic Disney magic. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so bad. Uh, yeah, no, but different that's, time. Yeah, that's not an excuse, but that's ugh. what it was. I mean, it's yeah. not a good excuse. That's just, just what it was. Yep. You know? Yep. But on a lighter note, we were talking a little bit about Pixar's. Uh, instrumentals and things like that. Uh, the music from The Incredibles is fantastic. What was the music from The Incredibles? It's like super jazzy. Oh, are you yeah. just talking about like? Yeah, it's it's. There's no vocals. It's, yeah, I was it's literally say, no vo- just the dude. Soundtrack. Yeah, Incredibles is a great fucking soundtrack. Yeah. Did you see the new one? Yes, I loved it. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, Incredibles is probably my favorite Pixar movie, which is hard for me to say because I like grew up on Toy Story. I was gonna say that, like I, that. usually, like, because I think Toy Story just kind of ascends above all of them. So I think if I had to choose like a favorite that isn't Toy Story, yeah, I think Incredibles would probably be it. I mm-hmm. I love that fucking first one. It's so great. Another idea for a bracket, though. Yeah. And then debating some Pixar films. There's enough of them out there. Where it is kind of a Fantastic Four ripoff, but that doesn't really matter to me. It's, <laughs> I think like, it's a kid-friendly Fantastic Four. No, it's a kid-friendly... Uh, well, it's Fantastic Four, but also Watchmen. Like, that oh, idea yes. of the superheroes being, you know, destroyed. Oh, like a political like idea. Yeah, no, yes. I, um, I, uh, I, I recognize that. I just think it's a more kid-friendly version yes. of Watchmen. So. Yeah. Uh, another Pixar movie with great music. And I think super overlooked is Monsters Inc. Again, sort of. Uh, I wouldn't remember it, but yeah, that yeah. could be a good option. I love that movie. That's how it goes. <laughs> I don't know why I remember that so clearly, and not all these other songs. But that one, that one really stuck with me. I think that one, that song's a lot of fun. And you're forgetting of, uh, you're forgetting the greatest one of all time. It wasn't even an original song. Life is a highway from the original Cars. Oh, I know. Oh, That's the true happy. Hey, you remember when Cars Earth? Three came out and no one said anything about it? Remember when the first Cars Three trailer came out and it was dark as shit? Yeah, dude. <laughs> God, I forgot, but I just forgot the third one came out because yeah. Cars Two was so bad. Yeah, that uh, no one cared about Cars Three. Yeah, I was. So, by that point, I was looking forward to Incredibles Two. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> yeah, but um, there's one more Pixar movie that I want to mention before we wrap things up here. And it literally has my favorite song from a movie and probably one of my favorite songs of all time in it. The Married Life sequence from Up. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. Right. No, um, it's, people joke about like that. Like, oh, that always makes me cry. But it's like, yeah, because it's such a good moment. It's the most depressing moment in movie history. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. Like... Name me one that is more depressing. Like there's ones that are close, yeah. but something about how you can accomplish so many so many emotional reactions that we all can relate to in life in a very narrow window of time with no dialogue. Legitimately, it's genius. Like yeah. it, it, it's the most genius thing I've. It's probably one of the most genius things I've ever seen in like art. Yeah, altogether. Like I, I. Apart from just being sad, like obviously it's depressing and tears me up every time. But just looking at it objectively as as a piece of art and like what it embodies, yeah, 
it's one of the most significant like pieces of like cinema I've ever seen. It's just because it shows you it, it strips away all of these notions that you have to have dialogue, you have to have this and mm-hmm. that to 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 get an audience to care about your story and what you have to say. Right. And it literally says, No, this is this 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 is this is this what can this is what a story can be yeah and um and it has this roller coaster of emotions I, I don't know I just I fucking love that opening yeah up is too. actually probably my favorite Pixar movie when I actually think about it yeah. um that one that one is definitely in my top three I there's some things in the later part of the movie where I think are mm-hmm. just kind of too silly for me it does get a little silly I'll, yeah. get you, I'll give you that there's some ridiculous elements to it but yeah but that. That opening sequence just gets me every time. Like honestly, if if they decided to scrap up as an entire movie and just had that as one of their Pixar shorts, which would first of all be incredibly just bizarre to show that before another movie. But if it was just that, it would still be utterly perfect, and it's it, it's so powerful and just gets me every time. And uh, I love that song. I love the fact that it can capture everything that uh, that Ellie and Carl go through. It's just wicked. It's great. It's fantastic. That's probably my favorite song from a Disney movie across, across classic Disney and Pixar and things like that. But um, Beauty and the Beast is up there for me too. Yeah, yeah. And I'm and I, I'm I'm more than happy to call that one the happiest jam on earth for today. I don't know about you. I'm 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 satisfied. Yeah. Hope you are too. Thanks for listening. This has been Who You Got. I'm Dayton Haman. I'm Graham Zima. And we'll be coming back soon with some more episodes and some new guests along with myself. Uh, if you have any ideas for topics that we should debate in a bracket for the, one of the upcoming episodes of Who You Got, please feel free to mention it in any of the Graham Zima co- podcasting uh, social media channels, yeah. and we'd be happy to take your suggestions. Email ZimaPodcasting at gmail.com. That's the best way to get a hold of us. Uh, there's not really a setup spot on the Who You Got page, ZimaPodcastingNetwork.com, but I can probably create something that, that could work as a submission database. Um but yeah, just have a few options and send them our way. Yeah. And um, yeah, hopefully yours gets picked. Be yeah. really cool. Uh, yeah. We'll give you a shout out if, if your gets picked. Who picked this one, actually? Shout them out. So again, my good friend Jordan suggested this topic. Um, he was a, He's a big fan of Eye to Eye as well from Goofy Movies. So yeah, he, he and I really both enjoy that movie. But he, yeah, he... he saw this one as an interesting uh, topic to debate and I, I think there was there were definitely a lot of uh, unique things we discovered about these Disney songs these classics that we thought we knew right. it's great so thanks to Jordan for doing that uh, thank you everybody for listening see you next time